When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a Voices of Vic podcast with me, Ben Ayton, and Mike Duffy. Um, we're back to discuss Watford picking up three points last night on the anniversary, the hundredth anniversary of playing at Vicarage Road, um, beating Middlesbrough two-one in the Skybet Championship. Um, Vacuum Bio coming on and winning the game for Watford. Um, he's got a lot of stick lately from Watford fans. Um, but he delivered the goods last night. He, he um, won us for three points, which was absolutely amazing. And yeah, we'll, we'll dive straight into it. Um, just quickly, though, Mike, how, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, all good. Uh, as you say, brilliant result last night. I think it was so key to come away with uh, a positive result after the disappointment on Saturday. Uh, I didn't get to watch on Saturday, uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it. But um, you know, it's never good to lose your first game of the season. So to bounce straight back with three points, not necessarily the best performance as we're still yet to see, but it's the results that count and that's what we're getting at the moment. So yeah, I'm uh, really happy and great, great way to win it. I feel like it's been a while since we've won a game in the last minute. So yeah, you know, forgot what it felt like. Yeah, the, the scenes in the rookery or all over Vicarage Road when that went in was incredible. But like you say, it's a great way to bounce back from a defeat at the weekend. Uh, Watford lost 3-2 to QPR at the weekend, um, went behind three times. In a, um, we managed to come back twice, but unfortunately we couldn't come back a third time. It was Well, we, we almost did, Mike, didn't we? Um, a perfectly, well, is it a perfectly good goal ruled offside? Um, uh, ruled yeah. out? It, it looks like Ismail Asai was potentially maybe offside, but uh, you couldn't really see any angle, but what a fantastic strike from KMB, uh, and that, that deserved to draw any game or win any game. Um, but yeah, like you say, great way to bounce back after a defeat. Thankfully, in the championship, you don't get to dwell on results, really. They, they come quick and fast, these fixtures, and Watford had to wait three, four days until their next fixture, and it was against Middlesbrough who travelled down on a Tuesday night. And I must say quickly before we go into the fair play to all those Middlesbrough fans that have travelled down on that Tuesday night. It's about a nine-hour round trip um, from Middlesbrough to come down. And but they came down in serious numbers and there was in good voices. Uh, hopefully they all made them um, their way back up there safely as well. Uh, but yeah, Mike, Watford, 2-1 winners last night. I'll just go through the team news and then get your take on the performance. Obviously, it was um, Dan Batman in goal, Cavaselli, Sirielta, Craig Cathcart, Kamara, Kensema, KMB, Asayuspria, Chowdhury, Jal Pajo, and Ismail Asar. Um, Mike, looking at those, that starting 11, obviously, Gaspar went back out of the side, um, and we saw the likes of Craig Cathcart come back in. Which was a strange one for me, really, because at the weekend, I, I, was, I didn't know why he, Craig Cathcart came out of the starting lineup against QPR. I don't know if that's because he played in the MK Dons game, but if I wanted anyone to come out of that team against QPR, it would have been Christian Cavaselli. Um, but Craig Cathcart came back in yesterday and captain the side as well. But was there any surprises in that starting um, lineup for you? Not really. I, I think, you know, I, I listened to some of the commentary on um, Talk Sport on the way back to, uh, to to the pub after my football game on Saturday. And um, they were saying how easy it was for QPR to hit us on the break. And it sounded like they were getting a lot of joy down the right-hand side. So Gaspar sounded like he had absolute hell. And obviously, as you saw on Twitter after the game, a lot of people calling for a right wing back to come in and that we're desperate for one. So I think that sort of showed and, and speak uh, spoke volumes as to how out of his depth Gaspar might look. So um, delighted that Cathcart come in. I, I, I think we might have said it on a previous podcast, but he's not getting enough praise considering how well he's been doing recently. I think he's been one of the consistent performance 
so far this season. Obviously, the, 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 the likely names are going to get the plaudits, and that's fine. But I just think that Craig Cathcart needs to be spoken about a little bit more. Uh, up until his injury last night, I thought he was solid again. Um, a real season pro in this division. So I think the only sort of mistake that I can think of so far from him is possibly he was at blame for the West Bromwich Albion equaliser. Other than that, he's been solid. So glad that he come back in. And, and other than that, more than happy with the, the starting eleven again. Um, you know, considering who we've got at the moment, um, I, I think they're putting out the right team. I think that was the best team he could have put out. Yeah, and with going back to Craig Cathcart as well, do you feel like he's underappreciated in his Watford team? Like, it, it, well, not just this season. Is is it being a long servant at the club? He consistently, I'd say, put in seven out of ten performances for Watford. He's not one who's like outstanding every game, but he he does really good, solid job, and he, he never really lets the team down. And do you think he's just an underrated, underappreciated defender at the club? Yeah, he gets a lot of stick. You know, he's he's one of the first ones that people point to if there's a problem with defence or if there's been a defensive mishap. And look, maybe the Premier League isn't sort of his level, but even in the Premier League, I think he, he's not the worst defender in the Premier League like last season. So absolutely, I think he's underappreciated. And um, I, I think he's someone that you need in a championship squad. You can have all the young talent in the world and try and get through. But we've seen before, if you don't have those experienced heads, it's not going to work. The balance isn't going to be right. So, yeah, he's, he's underappreciated and I'll be gutted to uh, to see the day that he leaves. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure he's maybe got another season in him if Watford do get promoted next season or if Watford stay in the championship. I'm not too sure if he's what we require for next season. Um, but definitely being a fantastic servant for a club. Uh, Gareth Quinton pops up with a message saying... Um, Cathcart is a must-start everywhere um, with the defenders that we have. Um, and he says, without a doubt, he's always been one of the best defenders at the club. And yeah, me and Mike echoes those words. But it was great to see him return last night. And Mike said uh, it was unfortunate that he went off injured in the last 10 minutes. Um, but hopefully it's not too much of a nasty injury. It looks like he's just got a cut above the eye or something. So I'm sure they'll glue that, that together or stitch it back together and he'll be fighting fit for Robin away on Saturday. Uh, but yeah, Mike, bit, uh, what was your take on the game last night, really? like, Obviously, great to come back from behind again. I hate that we're falling behind in these games now, though. We're falling behind in a couple of games this season and had to claw our way back. But great to see us get the three points in the end. But what, what's your personal um, view on last night's performance? Yeah, um, as you said, it's, it's still not complete. You know, we, we're still yet to see that performance where everyone's left sort of wowed and everyone's like right this is a Watford we were expecting we've not seen that yet to go 1-0 down and the manner of the goal was massively disappointing um, we really mm. should be cutting that sort of stuff out you expect Backman to to take the ball there especially in the form he's been in recently like when that cross come in I thought, don't worry, Batman's got that. The next thing you know, that Rodrigo, I think his name is, or Rodri, uh, I can't remember, but he's put it in the back of the net. So, you know, really disappointing goal to concede. Uh, so going 1-0 down is never what you want in a game. So disappointing that we had to come back and we had to, you know, fight our way back from 1-0 down. Shouldn't be putting yourselves in that position, especially not at home and against a team like Middlesbrough. I thought we had... Towards the end of the half, I thought we had a 20-minute spell where we were absolutely superb. Obviously, Ismail Asar scored in that uh, in that spell, so you know that that was that was good. That's what we wanted, um, and I think Pedro. I mean, I know we're going to talk about him a little bit later, but other than not scoring, he did not put a foot wrong last night. I, I don't actually think I saw him lose the ball. He was that good. Every time we had the ball and dribble past someone, I don't think he lost the ball once last night. But in terms of the performance, like you asked, um, not ideal, still not complete, but we get in the points. And I'll, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face, but it, is, it cannot be any more true. You have to, in this league, it's not sometimes not about the performances, it's about getting the results. If we're playing this... I don't want to say poorly, but if we're playing like this and it's not 
100%, but still, we, we're on 12 points after, what, seven games? I'll take that all day. Bring on the times when we do start playing well and when we do click and when we do start putting four or five past teams. Bring on those days because it will happen. I, I've no doubt about that. When we click, that team are, are, are in for, you know, absolute hell. A bit like the Bristol City game last se- uh, not last season, the season before. When that that yeah. was our first one. When we clicked, we smashed we smashed them six 0 You could argue that no fans, etc. The manager was on the verge of being sacked anyway. But when you click, that is it. And I firmly believe that once we do that, we we will put four or five past someone. Hopefully this Saturday, so I can be there and witness it. But uh, in all seriousness, I, I'm not a great performance, but. We, we rode our luck and we got through it. And luckily for us, we've got two absolute superstars who run the show for us last night. Yeah, even Rod Edwards said after the game last night that it wasn't a complete performance. And he, he was pleased with the performance, but he knows there's room for improvements. And he says over time it will come. And I think he did an interview a couple of days ago with someone, I'm not too sure who it was. But he said that, he's expecting to see the performances that he's expecting from the players within about three, four weeks' time. And that's when we're going to maybe see the best out of this. But looking at the previous games, what are we, six, seven games into the season now, Mike? I'm seeing improvements in the performances. Like last night, we had a really good spell, 20, 30 minutes off the first half. Where Watford like dominated it, controlled possession, created chances. We weren't really doing that in the first couple of games this season. So there is his ideas is implementing into the squad and it's just going to take time. And I imagine once his transfer window does shut, because it must be such a distraction at the moment for Rob Edwards, the players, at least he'll know what players are still here at the end of the transfer window and what he's got to work with going forward to January. Um, and then I think we'll see the, the team florist even more. Um, do you see the improvements game on game as well as me, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. You know, as you say, the gradual slight individual things that you think, okay, we might not have done that in the last game and we've done really well to do this. As you say, you know, when we went 1-0 down, the the way that we started games at the start of the season, I don't think we would have we would have come back uh, as quickly. Well, not as quickly, but I don't think we would have come back uh, is the problem. So, yeah, you know, I think the weekend as well uh, was the first time that we'd scored more than one in a game. And then we've done it again this week, uh, this Tuesday as well. So, you know, gradual signs that things are clicking. But as you've pointed out there, Ben, this this is what's going to happen. We can only judge the team fully when tomorrow evening the transfer window shuts. Whether we mm. still have Saar, whether we still have Pedro, whether we've brought in a right wing back, whoever we bring in or lose, that's when we can start, you know, thinking about how this team's going to unfold. And we have to remember... We're eight games in, including Cup, of Rob Edwards' tenure at Watford. And people are already saying he's out of his... I saw someone yesterday saying, this Rob Edwards is a nice guy, but my word, he's out of his depth. I thought, come on, man. We we wanted this, right? We wanted a change. We wanted a rebuild. We've got this now. We've got a young, progressive British attacking coach. Give him time. Let's not judge him on eight games. So... It will happen, but like I said earlier, Ben, I don't want to sound like a broken record. We've not played great this season, yet we've still got 12 points. So that's all I'll say. But yeah, gradual, slight, um, I, I don't know the word, but uh, improvements as, as the games go on. And hopefully in a, in a few games time, we'll have that performance and we'll sit here and be like, see, told you it was coming. We were absolutely superb today. Well, hopefully after tomorrow in a transfer window, finishes we know what players are still here and let's talk about the players that performed last night and the players that we probably might lose but Rob Edwards has said that he's hopeful that the both players will still be here at the end of the transfer window and that's refreshing to hear um, him say so last night Ismail Asar picked up his second goal of the season fantastic play uh, Mike from Joe Pedro down on that left hand side looked like one of the middle square players was it Halston tried to like nudge him off the ball and foul him, but Joe Pedro skipped away from him and then went to the edge of the pass uh, box and then skipped past another player and played this position, um, a perfect ball into Ismail Sar's, um right foot that he actually uses. 
and he just controlled it, left the defender on the floor, and then just calmly slotted it into that bottom right-hand corner. It was just a fantastic goal. And it's great to see them two linking up so well, like the awareness of each other. They know whereabouts they are. Like Joe Pedro, he knew where his Malasar was. He knew where his favourable foot was, where he could control it and spin away from the defender. But that was such a top-class goal last night, Mike. I, I, I tweeted after um, when he it went in, I just said, that was just magical. Just watching that, it was just, it was perfect. Yeah, and like you said, the the the, the work that João Pedro did to keep that alive, and it, it, it's what I was saying earlier on. I, I don't think I saw him put a foot wrong. I don't think I saw him lose the ball at all once. So to have the strength, he looked like it was going out. He kept it in to weave in and out mm. to keep it alive. Honestly, he, he he's a breath of fresh air. You can see why Newcastle wanted him. You can see why loads of teams are wanting him. And it's just backing up what I said before. He is destined to play for a top six Premier League side without a shadow of a doubt. And you almost think, how have we got, how are we so lucky to have a player like this? Like that was his best performance last night that I've seen in a Watford shirt. I'm willing for people to come back and say, well, do you not remember this game? I'm willing for that to happen because I'm that confident that is the best I've seen him in a Watford shirt. And as you say, the, the finish from Saar, he could have very easily got that and just absolutely wellied it. But Calm, composed, took it onto his other foot. Brilliant finish in the end. And again, it's what can happen when you've got two absolutely outstanding players in the division. They can just create moments of magic like that. And that's what we need. And that's what's pulling us through. So let's pray and hope that come tomorrow evening, they're still Watford players. Well, what I like about them too as well, Mike, is that they've not let the transfer activity behind the scenes affect their performances on the Watford pitch. Yeah. It could so easily put them off. Um, they could be distracted. Um, they could not look bothered as well because they maybe want to move away and look a bit disinterested because they're still at little old Watford. But them two both rolled up their sleeves and it was like, I want to play for this club. I want to help them get three points. I want to help them get back into a Premier League. And it was just fantastic and refreshing to see. And like we, we keep going on about... Um, like people used to say about Emmanuel Dennis and his bad attitude when he, he was like wrong, in my opinion, wrongly accused of having a bad attitude. I don't really see that he had a bad attitude. They've said the same about Ismail Assar. I don't think he had a bad attitude. I just think it took him a while to get over his injury last year against Manchester United. And then the players, the, the managers that came in like Ranieri and Hodgson, they didn't play to Sar's strengths. And yes, he probably did look a bit not fully fit maybe or up to it but he's he's got he's got Rob Edwards at the club now and he's putting his arm around him and he's trying to get the best out of him and if anything I thought Ismail Assad really impressed me last night playing in a central role Norm, like normally you'd stick him out wide and try and play to his strengths it didn't really work against QPR at the weekend but they put him in that central role and remember in that first championship season um, under Ivic Mike it happened a few times Ivic would throw Saar through the centre. A prime example is Red in a way. That stick out is a sore thumb mm-hmm. to me. He just looked absolutely lost up there. But he looked like the central role could suit Ismail Saar. And he, if he is hit to stay, I'm not too worried about trying to fit him into the side now because I think he could take that central role up top. What do you reckon, Mike? Yeah, do you know what? I completely agree. What The, the game I was going to say was Barnsley. And I'm still 100% sure I've got the clip. We used to put out the sound bites of what we used to say on the podcast. And we've got a clip of either me or James saying that Saar away at Barnsley when we lost 1-0 does not suit playing up there. But as you said, we know that Rob coaches these players. We've We've not had someone that actually comes in and coaches them. He's good with the younger players. That's what he's done. That's his bread and butter. So... He has someone now that he's going to coach him and, and give him the sort of freedom and sort of give him the confidence that he needs. But as you say, Ben, uh, perhaps we're a little bit worried about where he was going to fit in as, as Rob very rarely plays wingers. But listen, I'm same as you. I'm more than happy to play him at central. And um, I, I mean, I'm not quite sure I'd have Sarah at right wing back, as Paul's just said down there. But uh, I mean, Sarah's absolutely... Superb. And last night, again, it was one of his better performances. Probably since Reading at home, I'd say that was his best performance I've seen. Um, that Yeah, that, that's probably the best performance I've seen from Saar for a long time. Definitely his best performance this season anyway. Yes, he did score that one to go away at West Brom, but he, he weren't really in, in that game. He had 
spells where he might have popped up, but he obviously missed the penalty as well. I know he won the penalty with his electric pace to get away from the defender, but he did miss the penalty. And if anything, it kind of dampened his performance overall after that. Um, but last night's performance, Mike, surely that's added more value onto Ismail Assar and Jal Pedro if, if teams were knocking on the door or ringing G- Gino's phone now surely he's not wanting 30 million for Jal Pedro surely there's an extra 5-10 million on it um, and with Sar as well I think maybe you could maybe add on a couple more but isn't can't you just wait until this transfer window's over honestly I can't wait we had that really weird spell where it was horrible it was like Pedro's pretty much it's a done deal Fabrizio Romano to his credit mm. I've never seen him announce a transfer where he does that, here we go, and get it wrong. He did exactly that with Pedro and still got it wrong. So, like, and then we had uh, Pedro um, isn't going, he is going, he is going, and we were like, oh, please don't. Uh, I'd have been so disappointed if if he ended up at Newcastle as well. Like, I know they will be destined for Champions League again because they're the richest club in the world, but I'd just be so disappointed. I want to see him play for, like, the likes of uh, Man City, um, like Liverpool, Arsenal, Man U, um, those sort of clubs. You, you're a big club with the status, not not Newcastle. Uh, I'll probably get absolutely slated if any Newcastle fans watch this now. But um, yeah, it absolutely does add to their value, and um, I'll be I'll be glad come tomorrow, providing we've still got them. I'd be very surprised if we were to accept an offer that was wasn't sort of really ridiculous because what you've got to remember is yes someone could come in with a bid and they would we could say yeah okay that's what exactly what we're after for x player but then we've got 24 hours and less to go to another club say listen we've just sold him can we have him then they've got to be like well we're going to let him go, but we need to get him. And it's just that domino effect. I wouldn't like to watch it unfold. I, I'd be too nervous. And I just don't know whether we'd perhaps rush, bring someone in who's perhaps not proven. So, yeah, I'll, mate, bring on tomorrow night. I, I don't know, is it midnight it closes or 11? Or... Uh, 11 o'clock. 11 yeah, o'clock it closes tomorrow, tomorrow night. Yeah, I can't, I, I'm the same as you, mate. I can't wait for it to end. Um, mm. There's been no rumours or anything I've heard of today or anyone seen on Twitter or anything. So, fingers crossed it stays like that. No news is good news in my eyes. So, uh, and, yeah. and like you say, it would be so tight to turn around because I, I know Rob Edwards has said that he's got plans in place. If um, Saar or Pedro does go, they've got plans on who they want to bring in. But like you say, surely there's not enough time in the window to sort this all out. So, fingers crossed um, they don't go. If they don't go, I'm... I'm delighted. Christmas has came yeah. early if they've stayed, mate. Uh, but yeah, back to the game. Um, 1-1 half-time, second half. I really thought Watford struggled second half to get a grip of the game and trying to... Because we played so well um, at, in the first half, towards the end of the first half. It was like half-time came at the wrong time for Watford. Um, we could have easily gone on and got that second goal before half-time, but the whistle came. But second half, I thought we was really slow. Middlesbrough had a lot of possession, didn't really do much with the ball, but they had possession and Watford couldn't really get the ball in anywhere near Middlesbrough's penalty box. But it, it was another big, big moment for Dan Batman as well. Like we was quite critical about what he could have done to prevent the first goal going in. But again, another big save in a big moment in the game from Dan Batman. And he just shows how vital he is for this season. But, it was it was a good save for um, Batman, wasn't it, Mike? I know, I know you look back on it and you look back it straight at him, but then you you think positioning wise, Dan Batman was spot on, and maybe other keepers might have been a step to the left or a step to the right. But top draw from Dan Batman again yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. He, he redeemed himself for that mistake he made in the first few minutes. Uh, I, I forgot to say on that goal as well to give Giles that time and space to put the cross in. He's absolutely on fire. We follow, the podcast account follows um, the Middlesbrough podcast, the Borough Breakdown. And um, I think they've put out a few snippets previously that I've seen about this Ryan Giles. And that guy can deliver a ball. We thought 
You know, Jed Wallace was was superb against us, but Ryan Giles will go places with with deliveries like that. And I think it was him for the um, that took the free kick as well. Pinpoint on a yeah. plate for from uh, Clark, um, and it, a lot of people say it was right at Backman, so he should have saved it. But it's so key if you actually sort of detail the, the the minute movements of goalkeepers. One tiny step to the right or the left, as you said, and he gets it all wrong and it's in. He has to be alert. So he has to be there to make that save. And yeah, it might have been straight at him, you know, physically straight at him, but still have to be alert to, to do it and parry enough so that an automatic, like a rebound straight away can't come back in. But yeah, uh, you know, redeemed himself. But you, you, you mentioned there, obviously, it took us a while to get going. We looked quite sluggish. I don't think, other than that chance, Middlesbrough really tested him. So it, it was a bit of a sloppy game. You know, we, we, we had that 20-minute spell in the first half where everything was brilliant. You know, Kayembe, which we'll talk about, he was, oh my word, he, he was brilliant. And there was a real buzz around, you know, that celebratory night at the Vic because of 100 years. You know, you got that real feel, even from sitting at home watching it on Sky, that it was such a big night at the Vic. And then it sort of mellowed a bit and it was a bit like, a a bit sluggish. Uh, And and again, like I say, a a moment of excellence excellence was what won it for us. And (laughs) classic Watford, you know, we, we want all this nice attacking football and passing, move, passing and move. And ultimately, it was a hoof up the pitch and then João Pedro winning it. That won us the game. So, um, yeah, it, it, I, I wasn't too worried that we were quite sluggish because Borough didn't really trouble us, I don't think. Yeah, no, they, they had a couple of opportunities. Like you say, Dan Batman wasn't really tested, but that's testament to the players in front of him, in my opinion. Um there was a couple of blocks after quick concessions as well, wasn't there? And Chowdhury yes. made a really good point or block as well. And I think there was another block involved in like that quick, like couple of seconds, um, bit of action yesterday at the Vic. But that just shows the grit and determination of the team as well to to throw their bodies on the line, to do absolutely everything possible to protect down Batman, to keep the ball out of the back of the net. I think they showed a view of the, the Chowdhury block and it looked like that was nestling into a bottom corner. But Chowdhury just, I love how he just throws his body at stuff. Maybe, yeah. I know um, Rob Edwards was actually a bit critical of him at the weekend for Chris uh, QPR's third goal where he went over and slid in to try and block the shot. But he was like saying that maybe if he, he stood his ground and, and made the line to try and block the cross from coming in instead of going to ground and sliding in. Maybe he's a bit too enthusiastic sometimes, Chowdhury, to just try and slide into everything. So Edwards is trying to coach him and say the right times when to do it. But yesterday was the right time to stop that from going in. Um, but Mike, like you say, um, it didn't take... Well, Watford didn't really have many opportunities in that second half. I think Joe Pedro got the ball in the box at one opportunity. It looked like he was going to pull his foot to um, tuck it into the back of the net. But there was a last-ditch challenge from Fry, wasn't there, that, that just yes. got there in the nick of time. And that was unfortunate. But it was that long ball from Christian Cabaselli that found Gel Pedro. Gel Pedro chested it down. And then he just flicked it with his foot, didn't he? And it went into a pass of Mario Gaspar. Mario Gaspar took it onto his left foot. Um, went to have a shot. His scuff mm-hmm. shot took a nick off Matt Clark and fell into the space of um, Vacuum Bayer. And I must say, like strikers have to be ready for these opportunities. And my God, was he ready? He wasn't nervous. He, he wasn't nervous, but it was the 93rd minute. This would have potentially been his first what the goal. His first touch was unbelievable, and his second tough touch was even better, Mike, wasn't it? Yeah, he wasn't as nervous me watching. When it fell to him, I was like, oh, no, please don't. Miss. Anyone but. I, yeah, exactly. I, I sort of played it in my head before he took the shot and I thought he's putting this wide. Um, but no, in all seriousness, I'm delighted for him. And I think somebody mentioned in the comments here earlier that um, it, it might have seemed a, a routine goal, but that there's a lot of technique that, that you know, went into that. The, firstly, as well, not only it was a scuffed shot, but... It took a nick off their defender and also 
he's he had to control it still. So the fact that he's had to stay alert because Gaspar's had a scuffed shot, and then add on top of that, there's a deflection. You know, it's there's a lot to contend with there. And then he's got the keeper bearing down on him. It's a last minute. Everything's going on in his head. But he got his first goal for Watford and hopefully the first of many. I said the other week, once they get off the mark, they will, you know, hopefully hit the ground running. Perhaps not so right with that prediction with Manoy because, um, yeah, he's not exactly ripped it up since. But Mm -hmm. hopefully now for Bio, we can, you know, that's given him the confidence, that sort of duck, uh, that, that sort of... Burden is off his shoulders and he can go on to get a couple more, but absolutely delighted for him. And I was jumping for joy when that goal went in. I could not believe it. I would, you know, didn't deserve it. I don't think draw was probably the right result, but sometimes you've got to play like that and you've got to set the, the rubber to green. And that's exactly what we did. So we've got to take this now in uh, the momentum into the next game against Rotherham. Yeah, I know you're not going to believe me or anyone that's watching or listening back to this is going to believe me, but about half an hour before the teams got announced, I was thinking that tonight's the night that Bakun Bio was going to score for Watford. And if he was announcing that starting lineup, I was going to quote the tweet and say and say exactly that. But then I saw he was on the bench and I was like, is he going to come off the bench? And now I wish I, I, I still tweeted it because I, I would have been right. Um, and I know you probably don't even believe me, but honestly, I thought <laughs> he, I, I can see a player in him. I just think he, he needs some games. I think he strikers obviously need confidence. They need the run of games as well. Um, he's came over to England, which is a new league for him to play in. Watford played completely different to the style that he was used to over in Belgium. In Belgium, they was letting him play... Uh, he was making runs in behind. I was playing it, it, it in the box up for him to head as well. Watford haven't really done that this season. He's been just chasing the ball down. And if he gets get an opportunity, he has scuffed it. But I do think there's a player in there. I, from what I've seen, that he, there is potential. And look, you don't score like 12 goals in, what, 15 games for no reason. Yes, it's a Belgium league, but it's still a decent enough league. Um, so I, I honestly think that he, he's definitely better than Manai. We, we can all agree on that. Mm. But I think he, he will be a good option for Watford this season. And I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. I think he could possibly get, I'm not sure he could get double figures, but I think he could easily get seven or eight goals for Watford this season. And I think that would be decent, especially if Keenan Davis gets around similar marks, double figures. Jal Pedro stays. Jal Pedro's easily going to hit over double figures. If Saar stays, equally the same. He'll get over double figures as well. So there's goals in this team. Um, so I, I am quite confident about this going forward. Um, and then Mike, yeah, we talked about Bio um, scoring his first Watford goal. Uh, the, Vic, the Crow has landed. Um, but... What I was impressed with yesterday, he only played about 15 minutes, but we saw what the debut of Courtney Halls. Um, he came on for Craig Cathcart. He went off injured. Um, but I was really impressed with him. He won everything in the air. He looked comfortable on the ball. It, he, he sped things up because he was on the left-hand side and he had actually Kamara on, on that side at that point as well because Semmer went off injured as well. But were you really encouraged and, and liked what you saw of Courtney Halls yesterday? Absolutely. And I, I think he's going to be a welcome addition. I think hopefully now that he's had that first taste of football for us, I'd, I'd, I'd start him on Saturday, 100%. And like you said, he didn't lose a ball. I know he was only on for 15 minutes. He won everything in the air. He didn't lose a ball. And every ch- time he got the ball, he played it forward. He didn't look back mm, for Batman yeah. try and play it safe. He played it forward. And that's what he does. I've had plenty of Villa fans message me when we announced it saying, you know, it's a shame it didn't work out for him at Villa and they got it to see him go. And uh, that's exactly what they said to expect from uh, from Courtney. So I'm really looking forward to him playing more games in this Watford team. And honestly, once he gets his first start, he'll make that, that position his own. And if you're playing a back three, you have to have a left-sided a left-footed player in that back three in, in order for it to work fluidly. So, yeah, absolutely delighted with his with his 15-minute cameo and uh, hopefully he's in the starting 11 on Saturday. Yeah, you're saying you'd like to see him start on the weekend. I'll throw you under a bus, but it's not really under a bus. I think I know what your answer is going to be, but who comes out of 
those three centre-backs that played yesterday, Cathcart, Cavaselli, Sirielta. I possibly think it could be the middle one. <laughs> I, uh, I I feel bad because we've had him on air, but uh, and he's a lovely bloke, but I think Cabba's got to got to go out. I, I think you know it's yeah. I I don't want to sit here and slagging off. Like I said, he's he's an absolute top bloke and whatnot, and I've got a lot of time for him. But yeah, I think I think Cabba out of them. See if you had Kafkar and um, and Sierra and Hawes in that in in that defence, and that's some some defence. Let me tell you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I'm the same as you. I feel a little bit awkward when people are talking about Cavaselli because, yeah, like like everyone knows, he is a decent guy. And uh, um, but decent guys don't really want you a starting spot in the starting eleven for me. Um, his performances haven't been good enough. I was very puzzled to see him have the captain armband against QPR as well. Um, but that's we got respect Rob Edwards' decision and. Um, for me, he, he would come out the side as well. Cathcart's a better defender over Cabaselli as well. Um, so I would um, move Cathcart over to the right-hand side, Sirielta through the middle and Courtney Hawes on the left um, off a of three. And I think that would be really good three going forward this season. Mm. Um, but yeah, my, one more um, player to talk about from yesterday's performance. And I've got two words written down on my um, little notes and I can't believe I'm about to say these, uh, this. Outstanding KMV. Um, uh-huh. Do you want to talk to me about KMV? Mate, honestly, uh, I, I, I'd I, put a tweet out and I think I said, I don't know who this Congolese midfielder is, but what have they done with KMV? Because it was just like nothing we'd seen before. I think, I'm not just saying this because he's had a good performance. I'd seen glimpses of a player in him. Even in the Premier League, I, I, we played... I think we played Villa and then we we played Newcastle, I think he played against. And I had one of yeah. my mates text me and he said, who's that number? Um, he's KMB's 39, isn't he? Um, yeah. He, he he said, who's that number 39 you've got? And I was like, oh, that's KMB. We just brought him in, etc." He goes, he's he's really good, you know, player. Uh, and then obviously coming into this season, we thought he'd be a good addition um, to, to the championship at least. And, you know, he's perhaps not, being great, two one-footed at times. But last night, I, I don't know if Rob had a word of him. I don't know what's happened. But honestly, different player, different gravy. He was everywhere. He was getting the ball forward on every occasion. Um, he was winning, you know, 50-50s. He was cutting out play. And honestly, that, that, was, that was brilliant. If he plays like that for the rest of the season, then... We've got one hell of a midfielder. I know that Gareth uh, said in the comments earlier that we need another centre mid. But if he plays like that for the rest of the season, stick him in, um, you, you know, keep him in the side. Uh, I know Loser's going to come back in and it'll take a while for him to fully integrate back into the squad. But I, I will have no problems if he plays like that for the rest of the season. He was unbelievable. Yeah, first half in particular. Second half wasn't as great, I don't think. But first half, unbelievable like you say Mike and what I liked about him people have I've seen people on Twitter ask the questions like what does KMB actually do in his Watford team what does he bring apart from sideways football passing it backwards the odd mispass like like his performance wasn't great last night there was a few misplaced passes um but he, he was he just looked a totally different player. I don't know if he was given different instructions from Rob Edwards, but when he was getting the ball, he, he was striding forward with power and pace and he looked determined. And if that's the player that we see for the rest of the season, I'll be very happy. Uh, it, we need a box-to-box midfielder with energy who's athletic. And KMB, he, he looked that player last night and I was saying to you before we recorded, I know they're, they're, they're not the same, but I saw a bit of Decore in him last night where he was he was getting the ball, he was driving forward, brushing off a few midfielders with him, and he was he was looking for that pass and he was getting to the edge of a box and he was just he was looking dangerous and I really liked the look of him and like you say, if that's what we've got as an option, I would I would happily have him around. He it definitely brings more to the side than Tom Cleverley, Dan Goslin. Um, I know we've probably got Tom Deddy Basher coming back in maybe about two, three, four months' time will be a welcome addition. But yeah, he's definitely warrants a start for the time being. And 
hopefully going forward we see more of this. That was definitely his best performance in a Watford shirt yesterday. Um, but yeah, um, Watford 1-2-1 at Vicarage Road on our 100th anniversary at Vicarage Road. Um, that's mental, having a ground for 100 years. Um, I think it's happened a few times with other clubs, but to think that Vicarage Road is 100 years old as well and the, the history behind it, um, everyone's got different favourite memories and all that. Um, so we'll, we'll go into that now, Mike. Um, just thinking back to like, when when was your first Watford game? Like, how old were you when you first attended a Vic? And what did it feel to you to like step into the famous Vicarage Road? I thought you were going to ask me that. And I was trying to think at the start when what my first one was. I think it was... Um... I don't know. It, it was, I think it was, I was six years old. So it was 2000 or 2001 um, that, that I first attended. I can't remember for the life of me who we were playing. My old man's best to us, uh, answer that. But um, I, I know that we didn't win for a large majority of the first games I went to. And it was a nil-nil at home to Tranmere that saved my uh, my Watford supporting career. So, uh, I, I didn't enjoy the best of times with my, uh, my my start to visiting Vicarage Road by the sounds of it. But over the years, you know, I, I've, I've had some really good times there. I obviously, um, you know, haven't been there for the, you know, I haven't seen the complete transformation. But, you know, when, when I first started going regularly, we, we still only had three sides to the ground. And, you know, they, uh, you, you remember what it used to look like when, where the, the players used to come out the tunnel and it was like there was no stand there and it was the odd seat. And then there was that little bit up by where the away fans sit now. And I think they were like, that That was standing uh, with the railings. Yeah, there. So, concrete concrete steps yeah. with a bit of railing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, I mean, first of all, the, 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 the brilliant sort of transformation that the Vic's gone under over the last few years is brilliant. The Pozzos have delivered on that. They said they wanted to come in, build that side of the stadium. Uh, I think what they've done in with the surrounding John stand is fantastic. Me and you sat there for, a, I think, was it half a season when we had a season ticket? Uh, we did or about a year and a half, I think we did. Yeah, yeah that, that was really good as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, the transformation of the VIX, really impressive, actually, when you think about it. Like, obviously, we've only been watching for a certain amount of years and there's maybe be a lot of people watching that have been watching for about 40, 50 years and seen the transformation a lot longer from um, that. But yeah, like me, like my first Watford game was back in like 95, 96, last game of the season, Watford got relegated after a defeat to Leicester City and we got relegated with Millwall down to Old Division 1, I think, I want to say. Um, and then, yeah, seeing the transformation of the Vic, I, I remember going to watch Watford in the FA Cup quarterfinals against Burnley, um, sitting in the East Stand uh, and seeing Stephen Glass curl that free kick over the wall into the back of the net. Um, and like that, that East Stand was just incredible, weren't it? I've never experienced a stand like that before. It was just like part seating, part terrace standing you got the old hut in the middle that you'd go in on the cold day and get a hot chocolate or something to keep you warm or a bovril um and like you say for the rest of the stands as well like filling in all the corners um you wouldn't really think that would add to a stadium but it's really it's it's really helped tidy up the big hasn't it like filling in the southwest corner northwest corner having the sensory room in between the away end of the Elton John stand. I and mean, that sensory room is so important to allow people who would, wouldn't normally come to watch Watford, come to Watford, enjoy it, and be relaxed whilst watching football and not have the parents to worry about their children in a envi- football environment. And that, that that's second to none. That's outstanding. So it's good that Watford are putting little elements into that as well, isn't it, Mike? Absolutely. Uh, and another thing as well with the, the hospitality, I've, I've been very lucky... Uh, I went to the Arsenal game at home last year. My, my boss got us uh, tickets in hospitality. And there's first of all, there's a number of hospitality rooms. Uh, we're very lucky to, to have a number of them. And I, I walked in there and I just could not believe the facilities. And I thought, we're at Watford. Like I remember watching us when we almost were going into administration uh, under that twat in the hat, Lawrence Patini. So... 
you know, uh, and I remember the, the, the old days, Graham Simpson in charge, the Russos in charge. I met one of the Russos' sons on holiday back in 2004 in Portugal, and he was boasting to me that his old man had just signed Paul Mayo for Watford. I mean, I was, what, <laughs> 10 years old, so I couldn't really have an in-depth conversation about it, but it always sticks in my mind. Uh, they were at the same hotel as us, but... Um, yeah, the, like just the hospitality is unbelievable, and I'm thinking this is this is Watford that's putting this on, and they've got these facilities, and it is a Premier League ground. People will laugh at me; they're saying, "Oh, it's only twenty odd thousand," but it, I think the facilities are Premier League standards. I mean, I don't yeah. know what's going on with the floodlights. You can, if you're watching on YouTube, you can actually see the picture below. I don't know what's with the formation of them. It's like they've sort of just bunged the load up there and said, "Yeah." We'll sort the formation out another day. We, we, we're clocking off now. But, I mean, other, other than that, it's well, I don't like looking at that, Mike. Is, well, I don't like looking at those floodlights. Like, I'm quite OCD, and I don't think yeah. they're evenly spread out. They're not. Um, I don't, I don't know, know about you, but that really annoys me. I can see some at different heights as well, and it's just like, oh, I want to go up there and sort it out. Do you remember that game, talking about the Vicar, like floodlights, um, Norwich last season when the floodlights failed oh, <laughs> we all were wishing for the game to be called off didn't we i think yeah. it was like 20 minutes to get it back on and i don't know well, who put 20p in the meter to get it up and running again but i wish that game got called off <laughs> you talk about games that were almost called off and called off one of my memories of sitting uh i've only ever sat in the vic road end once and it was in the premier league in that 06 wigan? 07 season wigan so i went and paul jewell come out and boothroyd come out and I think they'd like tried to kick the ball in the gold, like so the ref could show them, look, the ball's not moving. And uh, it was rained off and it was called off because of a waterlogged pitch. So, yeah, so like you said, Ben, like li- even even memorable moments in terms of score lines and everything, they they don't stick out sometimes. It's silly little things like that. Uh, you know, we've we've yeah. had some brilliant times. We've had promotions on there. Me and you, yeah, it was a bit of a. a you know, took the sting out of it against Sheffield Wednesday with them scoring last minute. But we've been on the pitch celebrating promotion. Um, and which ended you know, up with us ending up on the Watford DVD end yeah. of the season. Uh, yeah. You holding that inflatable banana, going up to the camera because uh, we was yeah. on the pitch celebrating. See, little memories like that stick in. But yeah, exactly. this is what Victory Road is all about, mate. It's, it's about creating memories and enjoying it. And like like you say, little silly things come into my mind. Um, like Pierre Essa falling off the stretcher. Um, Robbie Savage <laughs> breaking his leg at, at, um, at Vicarage Road. Um, what was it? Al Bangora when they was threatening to deport him and everyone going there with their little signs. Um, so please save Al. Um, Do you remember the ex-factor guy that come on at half-time? They, he was on that? the show... And he, he was, I think, he was under the mentor. Um, he, his mentor was Sharon Osborne, I think. I, I'm going to have to look at this. But he was, you know how they basically go back to their hometown when they've got to like, yeah, the yeah. live finals? He was from Watford or something. And I'm sure he come on the pitch at half time and he was like, obviously waving to all the fans and all this. And they were like, he's in the final, cheer for him and all, the, uh, all this and that. And then obviously we had that really embarrassing time where Raksu come on and they was like, Watford, how are you doing? <laughs> and they were like, well, actually we're doing shit because we're losing 4-0 to Man United. But yeah, anyway. Um, like, Do you remember made when Ant and came down as well and he was on the pitch? I, I think I remember that. Um, was that for yeah. Saturday Night Takeaway? Something like that, yeah. But not just Ant and Depp being on the pitch for the Elton John concerts. He's, I think he's done yeah. three or four at the Vic as well. They're great memories to take away as well. But yeah, um, I love reminiscing about the Vic. I just love it. It's, it's our church, isn't it? It's where it's our escape. Yeah, it's our escape from when, when things are tough. You know, you can head down to Vicarage Road and just be like, I'm not going to worry about my personal life for the moment. What's going on in the background? I'm just going to go to Vicarage Road sit down for a three o'clock kickoff and get behind the boys and hopefully they put me in a better mood or if not you're like well at least I managed to get to football today I've seen my mates I've had a really good time um, and that's what it's all about isn't it Mike that's what football's all about it brings you all together and this is what Vickery Drive has done this has brought everyone together all, all Watford fans together you've met so many different people I've met you through 
um, supporting Watford, and that's through Vicarage Road. So I'm thankful for Vicarage Road for meeting you. For the voice of the Vic wouldn't have happened if it weren't for um, the Vic. Um, we wouldn't have had the podcast name, Mike. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like you say, and I think it it helps as well. Like I, I'm not in a lucky position where. I, I I can jump in the car for a quick 10-minute drive or jump on the bus or whatever. I've got quite a commute down to Vicarage Road, but it's that environment of thinking, you know, I'm here, I'm back, uh, I'm I'm home, um, and, and meeting up with your mates before a game and, and whatnot. It's, you know, the, the pre-match, we used to do moon under the water, uh, walkabout, you know, that, that sort of routine you get oh, in cool. after a two-hour train journey, you'd do that and you, you'd get into your seat uh, uh, in the Vic and you'd be like, wow, we're back home. And I'd so, there's some been absolute cracking games uh, at the Vic in terms of atmosphere and score lines and everything else. I've been lucky enough to witness some brilliant moments in Watford's history. And uh, I'm sure that I will continue to do so, hopefully. And then hopefully my kids will. Uh, my missus is coming to the Vic. Uh, that date's yeah. penciled in. Um, she she asked me out of surprise. I thought, how am I going to try and talk around coming? And then she said to me one day, she goes, "When are you taking me to a Watford game?" I thought, bingo. So she's going to the we're going to the Coventry at home one because she's from Coventry, uh, which is November. So again, there's another memory. Add that to the list. So, but yeah, mate, honestly, like it's 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 a brilliant stadium. People might laugh at it and say oh, it's a bit of a shed. There's hardly any seats, but. You know what? It's it's our shed. It's 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 our vicarage <laughs> road, and I'm 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 happy with it. And long may we stay there. I I mean, this rumor about moving. No thanks. That's another day. Uh, another sort of topic for another day. But vicarage road is is our church, our home, if you like, as you say, Ben. Like you say, yeah, we'll leave it there. Vicarage road is our home. Um, so many fantastic memories. And here's for another 100 years. I don't know whether you and me will see the 100 years. I, I, I strongly doubt it for some reason. Um, I'll try. This is a miracle. <laughs> I'll give it a good old go. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, thank you, everyone, for watching tonight. Um, happy birthday, Vicarage Road. Um, if, if you've enjoyed the video, drop us a comment. Um, like the video. Subscribe. Um, if you're watching on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave a rating on there. And yeah, much appreciated for all your support this season. And um, we'll be back stronger, as um, Chris Stark would say. Um, so we'll be back this weekend, possibly. I know I'm quite busy this weekend because I'm going away soon. But um, we might have time to do a review of the Rotherham United game, uh, which Mike's actually attending. So hopefully three points is in the bag um, this weekend um, with Mike's attendance. Uh, but yeah, thank you for watching everyone and come on you awards. Sports Social Podcast Network.